Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. This is your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to become that confident leader and take your business and your life to the next level. Today, I have with me R.J. Grimshaw. And let me tell you a little bit about R.J. R.J. is the former CEO, president of Unify Equipment Finance. He led a transformation that resulted in the company revenue growing from 13 million to 150 million from 2013 to 2023. He has dedicated a significant part of his career to championing the power of intrapreneurship in propelling businesses towards new heights, and his mission is to champion the idea that intrapreneurship should be the norm. RJ currently lives in Ann Arbor, but grew up in upstate New York. He is finishing his book, Able Leadership. And he is the founder of Ascend Entrepreneurship Mentoring to interact with life learners that are always looking for constant and never-ending improvements. He loves playing pickleball, so it's <laughs> down here in Georgia, golf and traveling. His superpower is analyzing, building, leveraging, and executing in business. So of course, today we're going to talk about the intrapreneurial mindset. Please join me in welcoming my guest, R.J. Grimshaw. Welcome, R.J. Hi, Vicki. Thanks for having me. I'm glad uh, I'm glad we're finally able to make this happen. I know. So I always ask a simple question to start. I did give a clue in your bio, but um, where do you call home? Have you always lived in Ann Arbor? Yeah, we moved to Ann Arbor 10 years ago in 2013, and primarily it was for this opportunity. Um, I was the second CEO president for Unify. The company was actually established in 1978. So uh, like so many people do within corporate America, a lot of times you have to relocate your family for uh, opportunities. So we, we've done this twice. We actually moved to Houston back in 05, again, for an opportunity. Mm-hmm. My wife has become accustomed to evaluating the old Ben Franklin tea, you know, pros and cons of an area. And Ann Arbor just had so much to offer with mm-hmm. education and the University of Michigan is based here. Great health system. And then at the end of the day, we could get back to home, which is Oswego, New York, within eight hours. So, oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. So it's within driving distance. As a matter of fact, my youngest son is actually going to college at Oswego State playing ice hockey for, uh, <laughs> CAA team. So it's somewhat full circle. He's a senior. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we, we love here, here in Ann Arbor. Michigan's a great, uh, 
a great state. Um, even, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, say negative things on Detroit, but Detroit is starting to really come around and revitalize downtown and, and things of that nature. So, um, but yeah, we love it here. Awesome. So um, I think, you know, when you talk about the being able to pick up and move and things like that, you know, I work for UPS and and so most of the management people that I knew um, traveled several times. I managed to get through 27 years there and never moved from Atlanta. Wow. I know. <laughs> I'd love to tell a little story about that and, and how it really changed my mindset early on in my corporate career, and we'll get into the topic of entrepreneurship, but early on in my corporate career, um, a gentleman by the name of Paul Larkins, who was the president and CEO of Key Equipment Finance, which is a mm -hmm. close to a $3 billion leasing company, equipment financing company. I was fortunate enough to go to dinner with him as a, I was tagged as an up and comer within the industry or within our organization. And he went around the, the table and anyone that's young that is in corporate America, or even if you're not in corporate America and you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to make a decision what to do um, with your journey, because we're all on a journey. And mm -hmm. uh, he said, you know, he went around the table and asked each individual and everyone around the table is approximately my age at that time. And asked if you would relocate, if the right opportunity presented itself, would you, are you willing to relocate? And he said, there's no right or wrong. There's yeah. no journeys that are the same. So just answer it from your heart. And went, went around the room or went around the ta the dinner table. And at the end of that, he said, this is my advice for, for 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 both parties the ones that are willing and the ones that aren't willing if you if your desire is to is to climb the corporate ladder per se or chase opportunities your percentages of success will be much higher if you're willing to relocate your family that's right that's he, right and he said it, you know i'm not saying to move five times you have to have a healthy decision or a healthy ratio as a matter of fact, when we moved to Houston with Key, with Paul Larkins, because mm -hmm. I was willing to relocate, they wanted me to move a third time in five years. And that's when I said, that's unhealthy. And that's when we went back to Oswego, New York. And my 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 lovely wife said, let's go back to New York. Give me 10 years and I'll go anywhere in the world with you to for you to, to go do what you love doing. And we were actually in year eight of that when this opportunity presented itself here in Ann Arbor. So everything yeah. you have to you know, not to get spiritual, but you do have to put it out to the universe yeah. and kind of walk through. And and if it's meant to be, um, you know, it will it will take place. But but you have to be open to that um, yeah. those conversations. Yeah, we they ask as management, they ask us every year, you know, to sign whether we're willing to relocate domestically or internationally. And I always said yes to both, and I was like always like, please God send me international. I would love that experience for myself and for my two daughters at that time to be culturally exposed to other countries, but mm -hmm. sadly never got that. But I did get to travel around everywhere and see all parts of the world with, um, with them. Just And that's probably, I'm going to date both of us. That's probably when travel was fun. Um, yeah, I know. Fun versus what, what we deal with today being road warriors. It's a completely different environment. Yeah. Um, from from back in the in the nineties and even eighties. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. My last time traveling was great because I got to spend time at each of the cities as opposed to I remember one time I couldn't remember what color rental car I had. And I'm like walking around the parking lot thinking, oh geez, what do I have today? I had something yesterday. What <laughs> this is why this this device is so great. You can take photos before you park. Yeah. 
what hotel you're at, your room key. Yeah, There's that's exactly right. A real, you know, road road warrior. And I, I, I was in Buffalo and I was walking out of the hotel in Buffalo and someone said something about the city. And I said, I'm not in Buffalo. I'm in Chicago. And I'm like, no, I'm in Buffalo. <laughs> it's, you just, it's so busy and wrapped up in your day to day. And, and, you know, ultimately wanting to get back home that you, you, yeah. you, uh, you kind of lose where you are. You're just going through, you know, what you're supposed to do to, to drive the business and, and mm -hmm. make sure that you're having, you know, meaningful meetings with the people that are taking time out of their day to, to, to meet with you. So, That's right. So uh, how did you grow? a million dollar company at 22. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough. My dad's business plan actually hangs behind me. And that was from 1983. Um, I was born into a family of entrepreneurs. Uh, mm -hmm. My dad owned several businesses, both my grandparents on both sides of my parents owned their own businesses. Um, so it was just naturally um, in, in our blood. I, I, again, grew up in a family of entrepreneurs to see the heartache, the sweat, the tears, the bloods, the rewards of that. And I actually thought I'd, I'd follow in his footsteps. And that was actually the beginning of those footsteps. He was our bank and fun, funding source for my brother and I to open up a bar restaurant uh, back in, in the early, uh, uh, early 90s. Mm -hmm. And really, I, I received my MBA in business by doing that, where he was there for guidance However, he wasn't there for enablement. And there's a distinct difference between the two where he was there to, to, to point us in the right direction. However, we had to go do that. So I had to go meet with the attorney to set up the LLCs. I had to go meet with the bank to set up a relationship, the insurance, our beer distributors. And I think back back then, like anything, Vicki, you don't know when you're going through it, what you're doing. But I look back now and I think, holy cow, my dad had a lot of faith in a 22, 23-year-old and I think, boy, oh boy, he 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 must have um, again had a lot of faith in us, and we were successful. And my and and ultimately, I I sold my shares to my brother uh, over time, and and he ran it for another seventeen years, and recently sold it four years ago, which is very very hard in the bar and restaurant business yeah. to to do that, and yeah. especially in the early nineties when we were first starting it, and. Um, we knew that we had to be a destination point because that's when DWI laws were really being mm -hmm. you know, focused on, which they should be by all means. However, that's where you have to have a, a, a become a destination point just first in neighborhood bar. So we had everything from live entertainment on weekends to beach volleyball. We built a volleyball court behind nice. this with a huge patio. We had 11 acres. So my brother ultimately built a 10 space um, campground because we're in upstate New York, rural New York. So we're trying to leverage the asset as, as with multiple revenue streams that we possibly could. So we're just more than a bar. We were actually probably one time we counted seven businesses within that one core business. Um, and it was, again, it was a lot of, a, a lot of the learning took place um, dealing with inspectors, dealing with the state liquor board, yeah. um, you know, all of that. And that, again, that was my foundation of really running my first, uh, my first business sales, you know, running a meet, team meeting, hiring people, all firing people, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, but boy, oh boy, I wouldn't give it up for anything. It was yeah. to, to be able to do that with with my dad and my brother. And, and, um, and, and again, at the time when you're 22, 23, you don't know what you're doing. You're just, mm -hmm. you know, but that's really where I started my life learning, you know, that, you, you know, I always, I would go to the bar and restaurant association conferences. 
always looking for alternative revenue streams, technology, trying to stay in front of, um, just stay in front of, you know, current trends in the industry. So, yeah. So at 28, I left the accounting firm and did, took a job that was housed over a, a public storage facility because it was with a wine and spirits brokerage in, in Pittsburgh area. And they can control all of the alcohol licensing and all the, you know, you have to, everything has to go through the state store system and all that. Mm -hmm. And so it was a one girl office. I had salespeople that were mostly all remote. <laughs> and that was my first taste of working on my own and, uh, and being able, seeing that I could do it. And uh, it, it was my most fun job ever. <laughs> it was. Well, tell me, you learn probably around discipline, right? When you're, oh, you're yeah, oh yeah, and you, and you and you know, you start and you know nothing, and it takes you all day to do one task, and then after a few weeks, uh, it takes you a half an hour, <laughs> and so, and then you have to, okay, well, unless they give me more to do, I have to deal with the the boredom of being all by myself in the office, but mm -hmm. being productive, and so mm -hmm. I said uh, you know I took on doing creating a wine list and things like that that were outside of my original job description so that is a perfect segue into the topic I love <laughs> that is a sign of an entrepreneur right there you you teed that up well for me Vicky um and and again it, let me first define what an entrepreneur is an entrepreneur is a person that thinks just like an entrepreneur. However, they're working within the confines of an organization or a company or even a business unit. However, they, again, they think just like that entrepreneur. They're extremely resourceful. They're they're very strategic and they love learning. That's the big thing too. They're the core, the core tenant of an entrepreneur is they always want to learn because they don't view it as, oh, it's additional work or, oh, I'm not paid to do that or, oh, that's not my job description. We view it as, this is great. I get to, I'm going to be paid to learn to do something. Yeah. And then ultimately I can make the decision. Do I want to leverage that, you know, from, for, to enhance the business, my skill set, and so many individuals. So it's really, I, I speak on this on two, on, from, from two perspectives, one to the business owner or the CEO or the manager of that vertical or the individual, because it truly is a win-win situation between the two for the business. It's going to have a culture of uh, communication, a culture of engagement, a culture of improvement. Um, and so many organizations that we work with, you see that. And, and you don't need a full team. We, we talk about the 80-20 rule of your entrepreneurs. You want 20% of your overall team being entrepreneur, mm -hmm. entrepreneurs defined. And we, we coach and walk people you know, through that. You want your 80% to be your functional core key employees where they're doing those functions, but those 20% are going to drive the change and they're typically entrepreneurs. And then for the individual, like myself, I wouldn't sit where I sat if I didn't have that mindset. Yeah. I, and within 13 years with being in this industry, I went from carrying a bag, you know, as a salesperson with a territory to a CEO. That's, I don't want to say it's unheard of, but, but my, my, journey wouldn't have happened without Paul Larkin's advice of moving, mm -hmm. relocating, and then having that mindset when I discovered what entrepreneurship was, because I was an entrepreneur before. 
So I took that skill set and leveraged it in my career to arrive at where I did, which means more compensation, which means more responsibility, which means, you know, um, bettering myself. And we saw people, you asked in, or you mentioned Unify earlier, that wasn't RJ growing Unify. That was a team of yeah. people that with, with again, 20% of them being entrepreneurs, they transitioned that business. They transformed that business. I was just out in front as a visionary saying, this is where we want to go. This is where we want to be. And then they came behind with that mindset. Uh, and we developed that culture within Unify to be able to do that. An example of that is I had a salesperson um, that came to me. And again, we had, we foster this environment of open communication, idea sharing. 75% of employees within an organization believe that they have ideas to share to enhance the organization one way or another. Our opportunity is to have a vehicle where they can share those ideas with management. So we had that at Unify. This gentleman came to me and said, I believe we need a online portal to take ACH payments because we're in the lending business. We lend money for businesses to acquire the equipment that they need. However, they have to pay us back, right? For that, for that, for that loan. We did not have that. And it was a blind spot to me as the CEO president. So I asked the gentleman, I said, walk me through a scope of, you know, what it would look like. There is nothing budgeted for this. So the, the, you're from a resource perspective, it's very small. And you have to stay focused on achieving your growth numbers within the organization, because that's the oxygen in terms of the revenue to grow the business. Well, it took him three months. He ultimately worked with our IT department, the outside vendor, the provider, and again, none of these folks report to him. He had heavily influenced their activities and behaviors. Mm -hmm. And today, Vicki, we process over $100,000 of payments through that portal every single month. Awesome. And again, that wasn't a top-down management. That was bottom-up entrepreneurship at its, at its best. Mm -hmm. And you just, again, if you're a leader, if you're a business owner, just have the conversation around open communication around ideas. And then have a vehicle to be able to measure those, which again, if you're looking for someone, that's what we do now. We go into organizations, set up a program, coach management, because it does start at the top. Yeah. You know, you can have an inch. I'll give you another example. Uh, there was an individual female I've been working with as an individual coaching her on, on entrepreneurship. And there was a misalignment between her and the company mission, mission and vision statement. So she would go in and want to work hard, better the company, However, the alignment with the ownership or the management did not align. So she was getting very, very frustrated. And she didn't want, I didn't want, I did not want her to lose her fire in her belly of being an entrepreneur. So what we had to do is we worked through an exercise for her to identify an organization that she felt that she aligned with. Now she works there. And now mm -hmm. she's being the best version of herself yeah. because she walked into an organization. The opposite, we coach business owners. When they're placing job descriptions, when we tested this several times, A-B testing, just add the word entrepreneurship mindset or entrepreneur mindset on your job description. You're going to see the caliber of your candidates improve tremendously because people that think like that, mm -hmm. that act like that, maybe don't realize it, but they define it. And then they self-discover like, that's who I am. So they know when they're coming into interview that they're going to be able to go in and grow just like you did in your role where you said, I found things to do to better the company. Mm -hmm. So you're a special person to do that. Business owners have to provide that type of culture for everyone to do that. 
And and so what comes to mind is two things. When I started with my the last company I was with, UPS, they they had, and this was way back in 91, they had a award process for people of any rank to, and they called it the keeping our reputation for excellence. It was a core effort. And we were all tasked to come up with a project to improve some aspect of what we do. And so I was a new supervisor. I had nine people working for me, all admin. And I, and it was when barcoding was just coming to UPS mm-hmm. and we needed to come up with a database to capture all of this data. And so I had, that's where I had the programmers and, and whatnot working with me. And um, I had to inspire these people and did a lot of things that were out of the box, but I got these people to come up with in the short time frame this something that is now still used today. Obviously, we modified it several times over the time, but we won gold. And it was just that one thing that gave them the permission to think outside of the box and to be that entrepreneur that you spoke of. So that was one thing. But um, later on, I became a project manager. And I think my success in that is that I'm always thinking of how to improve or change things or um, make a difference. And that is a superpower. And people don't realize that they have it as a superpower. So that's why I'm trying to evangelize this, where they'll express themselves more um because again it's a win-win situation it's a win for their career their family for their you know from a monetary perspective and it's a win for the for the organization as well because Mm -hmm. sometimes you know i love the saying you can't see the label when you're in the jar well if i'm a manager and i'm not in the trenches every day i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing working on the business not in the business i want the voice of the people in the business and have that vehicle where they can share their ideas and then prioritize those ideas. Bigger companies like that, there's so many products that have come from entrepreneurship programs, Gmail, mm-hmm. uh, 3M Stickies, Amazon Prime. They all came from incubators within large yeah, companies. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to evangelize it to smaller to medium-sized businesses that mm-hmm. this culture is a game changer. Mm-hmm. Just even, even if there's no revenue additions, just from an improvement perspective, an efficiency perspective, and a cultural perspective. Yeah want to be in that they want to be in a culture where they're engaged and their voices are listened to mm-hmm. yeah absolutely where your voice is heard and um it is so important i think for the morale you know mm-hmm. a lot of times companies do employee engagement surveys and things and oh. you know, there's always issues with trust and morale and things like that And part of it is because they don't feel their voices heard. They don't understand where their contributions help that company or why they're part of the mission or vision. And so uh, this is a great way to tie that all in. And and it was really important during the whole COVID. And then after COVID, the quiet quitting and the level. Oh, yeah. And when we went fully remote at Unify, I had zero concerns because we are already interviewing and hiring to this mindset of people not fulfilling their responsibilities. Also, we had a level of transparency and then we also believed in peer accountability. Yeah. So if, if someone wasn't carrying their weight, 
I would always message in town halls and things of that nature, you're not only affecting yourself, you're affecting the other people and their families within the organization. So when you make that decision and you you have two decisions to make every day, either either do what you're expected to do, as Bill Belichick says, do your job. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to break it down that simple. And if you and if you don't, again, there's going to be repercussions of that that you might not feel today, but the company and the organization is going to feel yeah. long term, which is going to affect everyone in the company. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's always those small things that you don't notice until it's all exactly. And again, when you have someone that thinks like you do, Vicky, it's very it, it's it's special. Uh, we we have uh, we we have a lady at Unify that came in. We hired her into the organization from the Detroit Red Wings, um, and she came in as my EA. She was with the Red Wings for eight years. I networked with her on LinkedIn. I said, you want to leave the Red Wings? That's like the coolest job ever. I'll, I'll, why don't we swap? I'll, I'll take, <laughs> you can have CEO, president of Unify, um, because I think I'm a big hockey guy, and I, I just yeah. thought that was cool. She was burnt out. She yeah. said, you know, eight years of just running hard, and, and she loved what she did, but she was looking for a change. We hired her. I hired her to come in as my executive assistant. And she just right from right during the interview process, she, we pick up on signs of, OK, she, this person's going to be special. We want to make sure that we allow this person to have all the runway that they possibly can to be successful. And now today, currently within four years, five years, she is now the collect. She's now the portfolio manager with people reporting to her. She's mm-hmm. tripled her income, but she's earned every single penny of that because she would go above and beyond i would go into our erp system things would be changed improved and they're not coming to me they understood the guidelines they understood what the mission was they understood where the what the vision was so they understood and they had the liberty to do that now if it was significant you know they would come to me and of course i'd always say if you believe in it you know better than i do i'm for it um but if it was a capital expenditure maybe we'd put it in the budget and plan accordingly right. so those are the right. bigger projects right. but from a process improvement perspective uh, go to market strategy improvement things of that nature those are the individuals um that you want to be surrounded with within your organization and when we would actually interview people one of the closing things that i would say to to candidates if i was meeting with them is that whatever your job description the beautiful thing is unify even though it sounds big revenues we're a small company we're 15 people Okay, but we're highly efficient. We we yeah. run an extremely efficient shop. Um, whatever the beautiful thing about working in an organization like that is, there's flexibility, unlike a big organization and job descriptions, pay grades, and you can you can really make your own path, like this lady did. We would say if the job description is the same a year from now than it is today, we haven't done our job of fostering a culture of improvement, and most likely maybe we made a mistake with you. Because we want you to come in with a fresh perspective and and no background and no history of the way we do things and ask us why. Now, yeah. some people rubs the wrong way. I'm not going to kid people, Vicki. You know, some people that are set in their ways, you know, oh, they yeah. don't like that. However, if they understand that's the culture, they'll tolerate it and, mm-hmm. and they'll buy in. Um, but if, uh, but yeah. they might not stay. They, they might, might not stay, stay, which is okay. And I that's, always tell that's people. That's exactly I, right. But you get one time around this beautiful world, okay? Mm-hmm. Go where you feel like you're wanted, yeah. desired, you enjoy working. And I always say, I don't expect you to come here skipping and excited, maybe as I might be or someone, but, you know, I expect the best of people. Yeah. You know, the standard is the best. And again, peer accountability mm-hmm. and the golden rule at the end of the day, treat every, others like you want to be treated. I, I try and keep things as simple as possible. Um, 
And if you want to go somewhere else, I'll help you. I've actually yeah. helped people when they want to, where do you want to go? Let's look at your resume. Let's sit down and interview. What do you have to do to get on your resume? If that's where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a girl that wanted to go do something else. She came to me on a Friday. I said, great, let's sit down. Think about it over the weekend. I pointed out things to her on Friday. She comes in Monday morning. She goes, yeah, I researched it. I think I'm happy right here. I go, great. I go, I'm glad you, I'm glad we went through this exercise mm-hmm. for you to self-discover it's sort of like going to look for a house, right? When you yeah. go, my wife and I, you go look for a house, you go look at different houses and you maybe it's a little bit more expensive or a different neighborhood. You All of a sudden your house starts, you start thinking- Not so bad. Not so bad. You know, I'm kind of, <laughs> I kind of like, you know, now I, I don't want complacency. I don't want to be complacent. Yeah. But in the same respect, the grass is not always green or somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then I point out the positives in terms of your voices heard here. Again, you can do what you want here, you know, yeah. within reason to, co- to support the overall- mission of the organization but if you see something or you know tools or classes or education we're going to fully support you in doing that awesome so that kind of leads me to the other question i had which was what's the difference between a functional employee and a vital employee yeah great question and and i inter i intertwine those um those words because of the you want to be you want vital employees and those are your entrepreneurs. And also you want to be considered a vital employee. Look what we're doing. Look what we're going through, unfortunately, right now with so many layoffs and downsizings. Guess what? That all happens in a boardroom or even a conference room for a smaller business. But this is real world, folks. They're stack ranking everyone and who they can live with and who they can't live or without, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. and who they're going to keep. Now, granted, some people can say, well, if they keep me, maybe I don't want to stay because they're cutting and I take on additional work, right? However, the entrepreneur doesn't think like that. The entrepreneur thinks, boy, this is something new. Again, I get to learn. So again, that vital, you want to be that vital employee versus the functional. And there's nothing wrong being a functional. However, a functional is going to just follow the systems, follow the SOPs. They're never going to make improvements, never going to have fresh ideas, never going to be able to understand the inputs and outputs. And there's a distinct difference between the two. However, every single business owner needs both to be yeah. successful. You do. You do. So there is a war on talent today. You know, I um I see that my inbox is blown up with people looking for people to hire and you know people wanting to hire me and all this. And so there's a, a different mindset really, but how can you entra- how do you attract those entrepreneurs, those people that you need. You've got the functionals, but you really, right. really need that entrepreneurial mindset. I tell, we we coach business owners and managers within businesses. The first first step in the process is, if, is an ownership mentality for that manager. That, yes, we want to foster this environment. We believe in an, what we call an IOS, an entrepreneur operating system. So the next step in that process is within the organization, evaluating the team because most likely you already have some entrepreneurs you already have some vital employees and it's really we go through an exercise for them to to point out based off of characteristics like mm-hmm. yes tom is an entrepreneur so okay great this is what we need to do with tom and it's all about messaging communication and it's just like but however it's not an initiative that we do for a month this is a long-term cultural you know mindset that, that we're going to deploy here. That's the only way it works. And if you look at Unify, it was a 10 years. 
the first four years are very difficult, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's you're you're going through a lot of growing pains and things yeah. of that nature, and and but from five years to the next five years, it was just multiplying the business because the systems were in place, the team bought in, the team understood, and then we were hiring people within the organization. So back to your question, it's just discovery of people within your organization. Typically, they're going to have an ownership mentality like we spoke about. Secondly, they're going to be a life learner. It's someone that's always wants to learn. They'll take on special projects. They're passionate. They're passionate about life. They're passionate. They're just, you could just tell. They're entered, yeah. The vibration they give Positive. off is they take calculated risks because most entrepreneurs, yeah. the reason why they're an entrepreneur is maybe they're not a, a, a risk taker like that entrepreneur that says, I want to go solve this problem and I'm willing to go all in. And then lastly, is they they drive the spark change. They're always change agents within reason. And they're big influencers. They're influencing that change within the organization. And it goes back to mission and vision and alignment. And if if that entrepreneur, when that entrepreneur is aligned with what the company does and firmly believes in that, it's not about compensation. Like you were mentioning earlier, Warren. Yeah. It's not about time off. It's not about those things. It's about they feel value on a daily mm-hmm. basis that they're supporting something bigger than them. And that's what you want within your organization. And you see that fire and that excitement in them in doing that. And, you know, that's what I always say that the best way to find an entrepreneur is to go out volunteering because Mm -hmm. people that volunteer, they have that opportunity to come up with great ideas because there's no budget or money or anything generally and you see those people that are working hard and doing everything because they believe in the mission of that organization and and i said so imagine now i'm gonna give them money (laughs) i'm gonna steal that that? i'm gonna i'm gonna steal that idea it was shared with the business owners because that that's Mm -hmm. a brilliant idea um Mm -hmm. we do a little bit something different my family my wife carries or used to carry my business cards with her and if she came across someone that just had a great attitude or was very outgoing, a smile on their face, good yeah. attitude, she would, you know, not from a stalking perspective, but say, <laughs> you know, my this is who my husband is. Mm. You know, if, if this is what you plan on doing for the rest of your life, what have you, great. But if you want a, an office type of opportunity, Monday through Friday, my husband, you know, loves hiring people like you. And a matter of fact, one of our top sales reps, he is the top sales rep when I, when I departed the company, I met at a cigar lounge in downtown Ann Arbor. He was selling mobile phones. However, yeah. from a conversation with him, matter of fact, we talked for almost an hour. And when he left, my wife says to me, you're going to hire him, aren't you? <laughs> said, well, he does all the right things. You know what? I am going to hire him. Matter of fact, I'm going to dinner tonight with him and his wife to celebrate the holidays. So nice. you never know yeah. where, where great talent is going to come from. He had to earn that. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't given to him but he had no knowledge of the industry. We taught him the industry. And then he had the desire to serve and get better in that entrepreneur mindset. Um, So, you know, I love the idea of volunteering and then seeking team members. I will be using that, Vicki. I appreciate that. That's that's years and years of experience with it too. You know, one of the things I I have um, the torch from the the 96 Olympics, I was a torch bearer and I was, I got that because I was nominated for my volunteering. And so I have years and years of experience as the volunteer. And that's what sparked me. And when I hired people, I always 
as I interviewed them, I talked about what do you do for the community and all that, because to me, I can't build that character. If no. you come, if you come with that character, I know I can get you to do great things for me. Yeah. No, that, that, that I, I completely agree with that. We, I use a question that's a little bit different. I always ask the question at the end of the interview, the one question I love to ask, and, and I, I get amazing responses from this is, if money was not, and it sounds cliche, but let me walk you through it. If money was not an issue and you could get up every single morning, just follow your passion and do what you would want to do, what would that be? And I always say, I'll go first. Believe me, I would not be the CEO of Unify or president of Unify. That's not my dream job. I ended up here. I love what I do on a daily basis. But my dream job would be on the sidelines of the University of Michigan as a football coach. Or my dream job would be on the hockey bench at the University of Michigan as a hockey coach. As a matter of fact, I probably would be a gym teacher and a high school sports coach. Unfortunately, I, from a monetary perspective, I desired more. And, and with that, I, I, that occupation, I couldn't get there. So I try and break down the barrier of, of just showing them that, you know, this isn't my dream job. My dream job would be that, but this is a great parallel to that, right? I'm coaching yeah. people, leading people. Yeah. We've had candidates, Vicki, I've gone through the entire interview thinking, no, and then they answer that question. I'm like, yes, yeah. I want that person on our team. I've gone through interviews where, where, you know, they're solid. And then we get to that and they, well, I want to binge watch Netflix. That would be my dream job. Well, okay. You know, I, <laughs> okay, I, I've bye. had that. You know, I've had people start crying because they would they, either someone in the family has cancer or something like that. And they would want to raise funds. So it's just a powerful question yeah. um, to really get to the core of someone's beliefs. And the one gentleman that I was mentioning earlier that I didn't think we would hire because he was coming from more of an outside sales role, you know, not a, sitting in a cube type of situation. And what we were hiring for is an analyst. So he was going to be looking at monitors all day. And I said, oh, yeah. in my mind, I'm thinking he's that he's not wired like that. And now all of a sudden to take someone that's out meeting with people every single day to sitting and looking at monitors and data all day, I think he's going to struggle with that. Vicky, when I asked him that question, his answer was, I would love to trade FX currency all day. I do it in my spare time at night. Oh, no. <laughs> Hired. Yeah. There's a, my, if I didn't ask that question. You would never. Have. I would never have known. I would have never have known. Yeah. So um, I know we're talking about entrepreneurship and not so much hiring, but they yeah, do. But still it is so important. And I would say right now is a great time for business owners to take advantage of the uncertainty to hire great caliber candidates mm -hmm. because either they might not be happy again with, with their environment. It doesn't have to be money. It does not always have to be money. Mm -hmm. It just has to be meaningful. Okay. Mm -hmm. We don't want anyone to go back in quality of life. However, the return that you'll get on a lot of these people that are not happy, they're hard workers, but right. they need an environment to be able to blossom in. I, I think right now is the greatest time to, to be doing that. Unlike before where, you know, after COVID, we're just, there was just a crazy situation. Anyways. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Well, time has flown by and we could uh, probably spend hours and hours talking about all this. Um, both of us are so passionate about it. So it's, it's been a great conversation, but I want to give the folks opportunity to be able to connect with you. So I'm going to share my slide that has your contact information. For those that are just listening, you know the drill. You should have had a paper and pencil from the very beginning to take all these great notes that we've got here. But if you didn't, you 
can uh, quickly run and get that right now. We're going to give you the website information, but you can go to my YouTube channel, subscribe to that to be able to see all the contact information as well as the show notes and my website, thefindyourleadershipconfidence.com. For RJ Grimshaw's website, you're going to go to https colon forward slash forward slash www.rjgrimshaw.com rjgrimshaw.com for facebook and linkedin and youtube and instagram you're going to go just to rj grimshaw you're going to find him there you're going to find him everywhere and be sure to uh, do so i'm going to turn it over to rj to talk to you about something things that you can find on his website that will help you grow as that entrepreneur or just grow your business Sure. As Vicki mentioned, if you just Google RJ Grimshaw, pop up YouTube, things of that nature. But if you go to the website, there's information in regards to individual coaching for entrepreneurs as well as business owners. Uh, where we're also working on a, a an online course for both. Um, we're today a full immersed, but we believe that we have to go on the channel to really uh, help the amount of people that we want to. But if you go to the website, that, that information is at rjgrimshaw.com. If you email me, I respond to all my emails myself. And even if it's just a, a, a question around business, hiring, anything, um, I'm, I'm here to help and serve and in, in, in anything I can do to possibly uh, help help you and or your business. Awesome. Well, RJ, it's been just wonderful chatting with you. I had so much fun. Great. And I appreciate it. You shared a lot of great tips, a lot of uh, a good perspective for folks. And, uh, and as you said, you know, Business is different today than it was when you and I started years and years ago. And it's the key to that is to continue to change. Uh, I have on my desk a, a little bendable dinosaur that I got when I was in my 20s, I think, to one of the personal development courses that I went to. And it was given to us to remind us that if we don't change, we go the way of the dinosaurs. So love that be always willing to change. And that means in looking for change within the company and use that onto entrepreneurship mindset. So entrepreneurial mindset, as always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nethling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.